It's us. It's us. For another special spooky episode of Haunted With. And this episode, we are haunted with Roz Hernandez from Ghosted. Ghosted by Roz Hernandez. We did a two-parter. So this is part one or two. It doesn't matter which order you listen to. We, Corinne and I, were on Roz's podcast and she challenged us with some... EVPs, some haunted dolls, and we talked all things ghosts, all things ghosts and paranormal. Roz is bringing some healthy skepticism to us. Yes. And so this was good. We got to talk about cryptids, we got to talk about ghosts, we got to talk about what in the hell are ghosts even? Yeah. Do we conjure them? Are we powerful? Is are this we, a simulation? Uh, do we live in a simulation? <laughs> Am I about to have a mental breakdown after this episode? I don't know. All of us. I'm I'm constantly on the verge of a mental breakdown. What are you talking about? We're in this together. Menti bees, baby. But anyway, we hope you enjoy this episode with Roz. She's fabulous. If you are curious at what the heck she's hinting at, go check out and follow Roz on her Instagram and on the podcast feed, Ghosted by Roz Hernandez, to find out what spooky stuff she is up to. And we also joined Roz over on her channel too. So go check it out. Yes. Hear all the EVPs and the fun ghost stories we brought over there. And we love you all. Enjoy. Bye. Um, Hi, Roz. Hey, how are you? <laughs> I feel like we should do this weekly. I love that we got to hang out with you last week and now you're with us and there's no better way to hang out than spend it talking about ghosts. Yeah. I mean, Let's do it every single week. Why not? When we were on your feed, you teased us so much about how many places you've been to and how many hauntings you've experienced. And although you're a skeptic, you have been in the paranormal world for so long that we just want to pick your brain. Please pick it away. Yeah, it's a little awkward because I I haven't talked much about this, but I have spent a couple of months paranormal investigating in a lot of locations for a project, a very fun, exciting project that at the time of this recording has not been announced. And I don't know how much I'm allowed to talk about, but <laughs> I'm sure I could tell you some things in terms of my experiences, those experiences without telling you like detail details. And it'll all make sense okay. very soon if that's what okay. you want. But yeah, I've I've stayed in a lot of haunted places in recent times and I've had a lot of encounters and I've had a lot and again, very skeptic, very skeptical person here. Especially the person I'm most skeptical of is myself. Honey, I don't <laughs> trust a damn word that comes out of my mouth or brain or any of it. I have always wanted to be the most interesting person in the room. I've always wanted to have a good story to tell. So I check myself constantly. 
since this is you know the world that I I work in, the paranormal, I try to be a little bit careful about just really analyzing and getting down to like if there's no other explanation, then okay, we'll call it paranormal. And I've had a couple of experiences in recent times where I'm like, there is no way. There's no. I tried everything. Like I don't know what this could be, but a ghost. And that's the good stuff. That is the good stuff. Okay, well, how did you get into the paranormal to begin with? Like, what drew you to this world? I mean, okay, so I grew up Catholic, which I think, in my opinion, really can teach a child real young to believe in things that are beyond their grasp. Or Like, you know, the, we're talking the Holy Spirit here. We're talking this piece of bread is now the body of Jesus. Believe it and eat it. And I, you know, there's just so many reasons. Uh, and then you start to get into exorcism, whatever. I I definitely grew up believing in demons and superstitions and, and all of that stuff. And then I moved into a house when I was about 10 years old that my grandmother, she did not die in. I mean, it depends. The <laughs> actual act of like the official flatline beep did not happen in the house, but she was dying in the house um, okay. mm -hmm. of cancer. And she was in the house for a couple of years and she loved that house and she lived there for a long time. And what then we moved in and I believe that I encountered her several times as I've gotten older. I've gotten more skeptical, but I've also I also think that. Some of the stuff that happened might have been a poltergeist at as a result of me. Wait, oh, <laughs> your energy is just that intense. I think I always assumed it was my grandma because it would always happen when I would be like yelling at my mom. You're like Matilda. Seriously. Carrie. Yeah. My mom and I, we love each other very much, but we have a great way of just like getting into it. My mom... Let me tell you something. My mom hung up on me like a couple weeks ago, mad. We got into like a fight. We've made up. We love each other. But when I when we made up and I called her and I was like, you hung up on me. She was like, she's like, you hang up on me all the time. And I was like, no, I don't. She goes, yeah, you do. You go bye. And then that's it. <laughs> Lady, like this is the kind of stuff. Uh, what do you want Isn't me to do? Isn't that you end a conversation? Is there supposed to be an after party? Like, I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, this woman has a way of driving me crazy sometimes. But I love her very dearly. Yeah. Anyway, when I was a kid, sometimes I would yell at her. And I always, in my brain, thought it was my grandma being like, be nice to your mom. Like, knock it off. But I specifically remember twice. But one time in particular, I was like yelling at my mom. And then I walked through this hallway, storming off. And this candle that was in a glass little candle holder thing flew and spun and went on the ground and broke into a bunch of pieces. And so, of course, I got in trouble for it. My mom thought that I, like, you know, threw it down or whatever. But I saw it happen in front of me. And I was just, like, in shock. And then my mom starts yelling at me, like, can't believe you just broke my candle or whatever. And I just, I don't know, I thought it was my grandma. But now I'm like, I think I had a little bit of poltergeist telekinesis. Yeah. yeah. Well, this makes so much sense, too, because if there was something like if we go the route that there was like a poltergeist, that makes sense that it was doing things that n probably knowing you would get blamed for it to try to isolate you. And then 
suck your energy even more, which is like the classic poltergeist activity, right? It's like gaslighting 101. Totally. Yeah. Separating you from your family. So everyone's mad at you because you're breaking glasses and you're doing all these things. And then you get more frustrated because everyone's blaming you for something you didn't do. And that is exactly what the demon wants to happen. Uh, the demon, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Corinne, Corinne's first to shout demon. <laughs> I feel like I'm getting blamed now and Roz brought up, you brought up poltergeist. <laughs> but poltergeist isn't always demon. Poltergeist is a noisy spirit. So it could be just like, and like moving things. And then also, I mean, Roz, maybe you just, your energy was like spurting off of you that like it just shot off to the candle and made it spray off, like, you know, fall off the counter and break. True. You're a powerful witch. It could be. And it was very much like teenage years, which they often say is, you know, what poltergeists are rooted in. But I don't know. When I started transitioning, everyone says like, oh, that's second puberty. And I'm like, yes, maybe I'll get maybe I'll get a poltergeist again. Did you? No, I've been trying so hard still to this day. I'm just like squeezing, <laughs> staring at things like move off that table, but nothing happens, mm. unfortunately. But anyway, so that definitely got me interested at a young age in all of this stuff. And I read a lot of books as a kid. I was just real into it. And I also think looking back, I'm like, I think I've always sort of been like this world that I was living in. I mean, I grew up in a lovely town, but at least the community I was in, I just didn't feel like I fit very well. And again, like transgender kid and like not just really like there was a lot of there has to be more than the like very Ariel and the Little Mermaid. Like, yeah, I want to be where the spirits are. Yeah. What's that thing? What's that thing called? A poltergeist? Um, I, <laughs> I've got 20. <laughs> yes. I very much wanted... Uh, I think I just wanted to know about more. Like, there's, there has to be more. This cannot be it. Mm -hmm. And yeah. um, so I think that's sort of what my my fascination was. Um, and then, yeah, as I've gotten older, I've, like, had little things happen here and there. And I bought a Ouija board from a thrift store when I was in late teens, early 20s that I kind of think had a a spirit attached to it. That was kind of my good story to tell at parties for a while. And then I just, I don't know, I kept, I was always talking to people about, you know, tell me your ghost story. I want to know, do you have a ghost story? And then I just decided to start recording it. And then the podcast happened. So it's so interesting because hearing you speak about your gateway into the paranormal, you say you're a skeptic and yet you speak as if you're a believer. And, and I, because you've had so many encounters. Well, skeptic doesn't necessarily mean a non-believer. Yes. I'm just skeptical. Like, I believe truly anything is possible. I, who am I to say what is and isn't real? I don't believe anybody knows anything about the paranormal 100%. Like, when people talk about paranormal experts and stuff, I think that you can definitely be an expert on a lot of different theories and case studies and that sort of a thing. But you, you'll you never know 100%. That's why psychics, I have like a sometimes a hard time with. I love it when a psychic kind of explains it like, this is my understanding of what this is. Or, yes. you know, 
I get that. Because you don't know. If you knew 100% what any of this stuff is, we would worship you like you're a god. You would be right 100% of the time. Like, we just, it's it's just not, it's not reasonable to call the unknown something other than unknown. Yeah. So I definitely believe in all of this stuff. But I think that there's an explanation a lot of the time. And I don't think it's always paranormal. Like, okay, for me, I love donuts. I could eat donuts every <laughs> single day. And I know that if I eat donuts every day, it's just sort of like, it's like a nice little thing, whatever. But if I have like once a month donuts, then it's like, this is so special. And you could use that analogy for anything. But I, when I say it for paranormal, it's like, if I think everything is a ghost, it no longer is that exciting to me. When I, when I really find one that really I can't explain, that is like so exciting. And the payoff is so big. And I chase that. That, yes. Do you have a debunking process that you go through? Is there like a checklist if something were to happen around you or in your home or if someone pitches you a ghost story? Yeah, it's called good old fashioned side eye. (laughs) (laughs) I can sniff it out. More evidence. Oh my God. I love it. I don't do anything fancy other than just going, "Mm, hmm. I don't know about that. So really your intuition. I don't know. I like to think of myself like a detective. If somebody committed a crime and then some random person goes, that's the bad guy. Get him. Like a detective's not going to pull out the handcuffs and take him downtown. They got to do some questioning. They got to dust for prints. They got to get creative with this. Find an alibi, whatever. And that's how I feel too. If someone's like, this is a ghost, I have to be like, well, let's, you know, okay, I hear ya, but let's uh, investigate a little bit here before we just jump to that. Or I want to know, like, why do you think it was a ghost? Like, tell me all the reasons and all the things that it couldn't be. Yeah. Corinne and I have um, a organization that is, it's in its early days, but um, it's... It's a thought right now, but we're, we're trying to put it into action. We have um, a mock-up of our outfits for it. So it's the Ghost Bureau of Investigation, GBI. Well, you have to start with the outfit always. Yeah. We're 50% there then. (laughs) We're going to start this or we are starting it. It's both the Ghost Bureau of Investigation and also the Galactic Bureau of Investigation because we're, we're going beyond ghosts and we're including alien and UFO sightings in our investigations. So they're synonymous. You'd fit right in, Roz. I love that. Yeah. You're welcome to join. Okay. Great. Thank you. I love to be involved <laughs> in anything. Into our cult. It's always <laughs> nice to be invited to things. Sure. Um yeah, I just, so I just really uh I really think that it is fun to believe that everything is a ghost and it is a fun way to look at things. But I also think it's fun to like believe that that it that the, that stuff exists, but yeah. I just don't think that everything is. Especially, I think that for me too, when I hear hundreds or thousands or whatever of stories that people send me, it it's cool because you know so much of this stuff. Since we can't we can't catch a, bo- a ghost and put it in a box and and study it that way, it it is these stories that we hear, and that's sort of how we gather theories and learn what ghosts are capable of. And sometimes you hear ones where you're like, that's new. I mean, I don't know. I've just never heard anything like that. So it's like kind of, you know, I'll put that in its own category of like, 
possibly, but it sounds really unusual. But I don't know. I think this is fun. And I'm also just into like it's so fun, all kinds of strangeness. I, I love I love cryptid creatures and same. What's your favorite cryptid? My favorite cryptid, um, there's a type in the Midwest called Abominable Swamp Slobs, also known as the Ass Monster. I mean, I love the name. Branding is great. Is this like a Bigfoot in a swamp? Yeah, it's like a big, gross creature that lives in a swamp and it smells bad. And it's known as the Ass Monster. Oh, interesting. I feel like, okay, so we had previously polled a lot of our listeners to see what people's favorite cryptid was. And so many people said Mothman because there was some sort of like chiseled sexual attraction to the like eight pack Mothman has going on in his midsection. Yeah, I could see that. And so I feel like like an ass monster kind of has that connotation too, where it'd be like, oh, well, I'd be curious what a date with you is like. <laughs> Yeah, if you're into ass, then the ass monster is the one for you. Or maybe he's got just like a big juicy ass, you know? Totally. It's like a little baseball player. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, totally. But like Mothman, I can see flying. Like that has to be good for your abs when you if you think about it. Like Oh yeah. Yeah. Do birds all have like six packs under there? <laughs> under their <laughs> Wait, okay, not paranormal at all, but have you seen a bird ear? Because it is the whole the grossest thing you will ever see. The whole. Have you seen that? Videos where they're like pulling the feathers away from a bird's ear and it's literally a gaping hole in the side of their tiny little cranium. It's like an inny belly button in the side of their head. Oh it's my disgusting. god. Where does it go? <laughs> How far it does it go? How deep is it? We do not know. I know I can't say I've ever seen that bird <laughs> hole. I have <laughs> I am familiar with a cloaca, which is their sort of multi-purpose hole that they squeeze eggs out of. And I just love the word cloaca. I was going to say that's mm. a very nice word, cloaca. It's a wonderful word. Yeah. So are there any cryptids that you, with all of your skepticism, that you're like, okay, well, I've heard a lot and I have a lot of data points and I've heard a lot of theories and I actually think that this thing could have the potential of being a real creature that's just elusive and undiscovered yeah i mean i'm sure at one point every single animal was considered a cryptid right that's true but then it's not fun anymore like (laughs) (laughs) okay we heard this incredible story Roz, that i feel like you would appreciate so one of our listeners says and has experienced an abduction abduction like experience encounter and they were brought onto what was an alien spacecraft. Cool. And this alien species being starts walking them through a hall. And in each room were like some creatures she recognized, some she had no knowledge of. And this entity told her that they help repopulate animals that are going extinct. And so they'll take like a dying species from Earth, help repopulate it on this spacecraft and bring them to another planet, like another planetary system where they can come back and like thrive. And so that's maybe a theory of where cryptids come from. Yeah. So it's like we're 
potentially they're just these alien creatures from another planet that are just being essentially like, I guess farmed isn't the right (laughs) nursed, like a nursery nursed. Yeah. Yeah. Nursed here on earth. I think that's beautiful. Isn't it? (laughs) Hooray for everyone. I love to think that aliens are really just magical, wonderful beings that are trying to help the universe. For me, it's the only way that I can rationalize them is just just to think that they have magical powers because, I mean, okay, so like Bigfoot or we'll just use Bigfoot, for example, as the most well-known. I mean, I could see a species where it is such a part of their being that they do not want people to see them ever. They want they just want to hide at all times. I I can see that being true, but again, we probably would have found them somehow by now and they would probably be in a zoo um or would become just like a human. Um so to me I'm like I could see it existing, but it has to be something for me that can disappear on its own or shoot up to outer space or go invisible or I don't know. It can't. It's not. It's not something like a mammal. Yeah. There has to be something magical about them. I agree. Well, I feel that way about most things like Bigfoot. But then when it comes to the lake monsters, because I am from Vermont, where we have a lake monster called Champ. And I'm convinced that I had an encounter with Champ. So maybe I'm living in my own delusion or maybe I really did encounter something. I don't know. But I feel like when I think of cryptids like that, I think that it's just truly an actual animal. Like it's a dinosaur. It's something that we just rarely ever get to encounter. It's like a deep sea, deep lake creature. But then something like Bigfoot, I'm like, it has to be some interdimensional being, right? Because how do this many people have sightings, but we have no evidence really i don't know she's good she's good at she's good at hiding my one argument that i use often when people like try to challenge the existence of something beyond us and something um paranormal i will use these two examples plants communicate with each other on a frequency that we cannot hear so the fact that we know they're communicating and we can't understand them and there's a language that they're operating on and a frequency that we have no way to access, to me, that plus there are creatures in the bottom of the ocean that have like however many cones in their eyes so they can see billions more color than we can, just reminds me of how limited we are. And we truly just don't know what we don't know. And we are... We're, our brains were little like pea brains. We don't really have the knowledge or the ability to understand what's beyond us. Yeah, I think that's great. I think there's, I mean, it's just like when you start talking about the universe and like, we haven't been out there. And even if we have, I'm not going to listen to like, I mean, there's there's definitely secrets that the government or whatever, like, and I don't want to get into all the conspiracy <laughs> theories, but it's that's like- a whole other episode. Yeah, but like, I don't, I don't know everything that is outside of Earth. Like, no. Like, of course, there's probably other other planets or ways of living. I don't know. I, there, so just like, I don't know what happens if we die. And nobody really does. And even when you hear people's like, like, I'd love to hear about near-death experiences. And, you know, those look very different for different people. 
And I don't know if there's a part of all of this stuff for me, too, where I wonder if it has something to do with our brains more than we think. And it is like a whatever you believe could be true. Because sometimes I think so. When I hear about like how different religions deal with this kind of stuff and it works for them. I'm like, well, is it because they believed in it and that's why it worked? Like maybe that's true. I I I don't know if if somebody told me buy this stone or whatever, it'll get rid of a demon. If I don't really believe that, I'm like, someone just told me to, I'm just going to do it. Like, I don't know if it would work the same if I believed in prayer or whatever. So I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it is all within us. I like this, that it's like the power and the belief is individual to the person. And that sometimes the objects that we use around us and believe are helping rid us of a spirit or protect us. It's just a placebo effect. And we're actually maybe unlocking something, whether it's just like a weird chemical situation in our brains where we're suddenly convinced that it has worked, or if maybe we are magical and we're we're suddenly unlocking an, a part of the, the plane that we didn't have access to before when we didn't believe in it so much. I don't know. But what I will say as a human is that the unknown is scary. And I'm not going to apologize for that. I talk to a lot of deeply spiritual people that are like, no, it's just it's just vibes and it's normal. And I'm like, bitch, no. It's like I always talk about <laughs> my grandmother haunting me. I don't care that it was my loving, beautiful, sweet, sweet woman. Do not pop up in my bedroom <laughs> when I did not ask you to. Boundaries. I don't care who you are, living or yes. dead. That's creepy. And I'm not afraid to admit that. I think that the unknown is scary. Very, very. So being skeptical, you know, it's like I I have investigated haunted places where I'm like, you know, I'll be with people and they're like, there's a ghost right here. And I'm like, where? Right here? (laughs) Okay, here's my hand. How come it's not doing anything? I don't see anything. And so I, I get like really skeptical. But then the thought of like something happening or like particularly when I've stayed in like haunted hotels, my big ass mouth stops yapping when I'm all alone in a bed in a haunted room. Oh, yeah. Because you're so vulnerable. Absolutely. Oh, I the thought that there could be a ghost in there. I'm not tough anymore. I'm like, that sounds terrifying to me and I won't sleep. So I don't know. I definitely believe in this stuff. Where have you been that you, because I'll speak for myself, like when I walk into certain places, there are some places I've walked into and I get a bad, just like feeling from, or a really good one, like where it feels like calm and peaceful and whatnot. Are there any places that you've been to, haunted or not, that you've gotten certain feelings from? Oh, yeah. I mean, here in Los Angeles, I was at a grocery store at 2.30 a couple weeks ago and people were drunk. People were, I mean, I was like, this vibe is disgusting (laughs) in here. And that is like living, breathing people that, you know, you can just tell that there's just like chaos in the air. Like the second I walked in. Yeah. Reading the vibration, the energy. It shifts when certain people walk in. That's kind of like the fight or flight and the stranger danger too. But I also believe in bias. Like I think for the longest time, Anytime I went to a an old building, I'd be like, it's haunted. And I think that a lot of us have this idea that old equals ghosts, which is true sometimes. 
I don't think it's always true. I often wonder, are old ghosts stronger because they've been ghosts for longer or are they like over it? I don't know. But there's, you know, a ghost. I don't even think someone needed to die in a place for a paranormal experience to happen. No. So my house growing up in Vermont, my parents built it. And it was so incredibly haunted. My whole family experienced so many different things. And we were growing up, we really tried to take the more skeptical approach where like something happened, we're checking cameras outside, we're redoing everyone, like shift the exact same way that you did to see if the house rattles in a certain way to knock this thing over. We would try to debunk it as much as possible. But then there would be so many examples where other people not knowing that we felt our house was haunted would come over and experience things. And so we were like, this is so weird that we built this house on land who we know the family who's owned it for generations. It was farmland. It was empty. And our house that's brand new is now super haunted. Then as our neighborhood started to develop a few houses down, which was built 10 years after. So probably like at this point, it was only built 10 years ago. This house had a lot of poltergeist activity and the people, the couple who was living there, they would have vases, like big vases be picked up, thrown across their room and smash. And so they (laughs) had to call a priest and get their house exercised. And so that was two houses in our neighborhood of 30 houses that were all brand new and so much activity was happening. So we were like, where are we? Are we like on a ley line? Like what's going on? We have no idea, but that was really what changed my belief in like, it does not have to be a place where anyone died. It does not have to be a place that is old. It does not have to be a place where anyone even stepped foot for it to have activity. Yeah. Totally. And I also believe in like the energy of an incident or something like that can linger. Yeah, like residual. I've walked into rooms before where there was just a fight and then I walk in and I'm like, what is going on in here? Like, it just feels weird. Yeah, you can feel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, I I do think that there's a lot of bias. I think there's things that get in our head. I've been to a lot of places where people have told me that it's haunted and, and I'm already scared. Um, or I think like, I don't know if you're if you find yourself randomly in like an abandoned building, you're like already on edge and you think that there's something scary or I am curious how you randomly find yourself in an abandoned building. Honey, I've had a life. <laughs> Things happen, okay? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I feel like I'd be more scared of encountering a person at that point. Exactly. But like, I don't know. There's just, I think that we can always, if we're in like a neighborhood we don't feel safe in, or I don't know, like we, we feel we can pick up on that. And like, I... True. I have a hard time with all of that stuff at this point, especially as I've gotten more skeptical. Because again, I didn't start out this skeptical. I it's taken a lot of of practice to become this unfun bitch when it comes to ghosts. Um, I I mean, I'm six foot one. I'm trans. I wear kooky clothes. I'm used to people just like staring at me when I'm in a building, like if I walk into a store or something, like a lot of people stare at me and I've gotten really used to that. And, and I'm also a stand-up comedian. And like, I just, I know I'm very just used to, I wouldn't say I'm comfortable with it, but I'm just used to the feeling of a bunch of eyes. Like there is like some kind of energy that you feel when someone's looking at you or whatever. And so when I go into a bill, I've actually done investigations with 
people where they're like, I feel like I'm being watched or whatever. And I'm like, I don't even know how to decipher. Like, that's hard for me because I'm used to being watched all the time. And I just kind of, I don't know, because it makes my, it makes me play with my head. Like, it plays with my head where I go like, what? There isn't anyone here, right? So I don't know. I, I don't know when it, when people are staring at me or not. So I don't know. It's It's hard for me to take all that stuff. Like, stuff like that, for example, like vibes, someone staring at me, but there's no one there. That's all stuff that I like to sort of, in an investigation, use to lead me in a direction. But I don't consider that evidence. I just think it's sort of like I think it's I think it's good to listen to. But but I I want I want some concrete. So for you, is it like? something being thrown across the room without anyone touching it or like things like that, that really convince you? I mean, that's a very rare thing. It doesn't happen often. However, do tell my real skeptical ass drink. Every time I say skeptical, I (laughs) not that long ago while working on this project I was working on, I was staying at a place. I will not tell you right now. That was the most haunted place I have ever been from my experience. The most undeniable, undebunkable, so many people had experiences. I was with, you know, a decent sized crew of people. And some people involved were not even believers in this kind of stuff, but could not find answers. And I had this moment where I was sitting with a bunch of people and an object flew. It actually flew down a staircase and somebody, and it wasn't me, somebody ran up to be like, who's up here? Is there somebody up here? And there was nobody up there. We question everyone. And since we were working on a project like this, like we're not faking things. We don't, we really wanted to, like we weren't playing jokes. Like if we were, you would go, okay, fine. It was me. I was, I was joking or whatever. Right, like right, it's, right. Mm-hmm. we weren't joking. And anybody that it, any of my suspects, as I grabbed them by their shirt and I said, tell me, was it you? <laughs> they were like, I swear to God, it was not me. And that's the only time in my life so far I've seen that. I mean, with the exception of the story I told you about uh, with my the candle. possible yeah. poltergeist or whatever, the <laughs> candle. But it was so shocking. First of all, it's like a jump scare because... It was an item that went, I saw it fly down. Me and one other person saw it. And everyone else that was in the room wasn't facing the staircase. So they just heard it hit the ground. And we all were like, what the hell? And I was like, I just saw. But like, I, I couldn't even like form a sentence. It was so scary to me. Yeah. So that to me, after all the debunking and whatever, there's still a part of me that's like, Someone somebody, could have done it. yeah. Who's messing with me? Because then that's the other thing. Yeah, that's the other thing with like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Hoaxes and stuff like that. So often these people commit to the story, and then it's too late. Now there's newspaper articles. Now the TV crews have shown up. And what do you do at that point? You're like, uh, yeah, I'm just going to go along with it. Right. 
I do love when there are witnesses, like, like you were not alone in seeing this. You had someone else witness the thing, fly down the stairs. And often I feel like, yeah, having someone else back up a story helps with validation. Yeah. And another thing I'll say about that to add to the validity of it, we were working on a project where we were trying to document paranormal activity. And whenever you watch those shows or those projects in general, which I have a lot over the years, it's very different when you're in the situation because, first of all, these ghosts don't give a shit where the camera's pointing. No. They don't, they're not, you know, worried about their angles and the lighting and whatever. And some of the scariest shit I saw was stuff like this happened probably two, three o'clock in the morning or something when we were taking a break. We were done. We were not shooting, but we were still there. And I mean, if you're in a haunted place, it's haunted whether the cameras are rolling or not. Yeah. (laughs) It sucks that the cameras didn't get it, but it happened. Like, it's not a fake haunted place. Right. But I appreciate that because if I'm a ghost which one day I hope to be, I aspire to be, and I'm in a haunted location that they're filming in or trying to record in, I feel like I, knowing my human self, would want to have a little bit of fun with the people there and kind of like tease them that the second the cameras go off, I do something, you know? Well, and let me go back to the D word, demon. (laughs) That... First of all, if you go to a place where there's a ghost, I don't understand why we assume that the that whoever the ghost that lives there and has for however long is going to just it's not a lie detector test. There's no reason why they need to be honest with any of us. So if we're like, you know, why are you mad? And they're like, because I hate you. Like, I don't I don't know what. I don't know who this is. Like, what's your name? Abigail. There could not be any. They're probably so bored because they've been ghosts for so long. They're like, today I'm going to be Abigail. Tomorrow I'm going to be a demon. Like, I don't know. I just don't. I don't trust ghosts. And and I think that we are under this impression, like even or a psychic talks to a spirit or something. There's no reason why they should tell the truth. There's really not. Like, they probably are having fun. And if I was a ghost, demon, I would let everyone know I am a demon. I'm going to possess you. I would, that would be my Halloween. I would have so much fun with that, pretending to be something that I'm not. Well, and this makes sense too, for so many people ask like, why, why are there so few modern ghosts? Why is everybody from like the 1800s, the 1600s? And maybe it's because the people who are actively haunting from the previous few years. They're like, I know it's a lot scarier to say my name is Emily, a name that sounds like it could be from many centuries ago, instead of saying like, this is Tucker, you know, like it's less scary if you're like, oh, okay. I think I went to elementary school with you, Tucker. (laughs) (laughs) I think that the old ghosts meet the new ghosts and they're like, baby, that I'm sorry, but that look is not going to scare them. What is that? Urban yeah, Outfitters? No. no, 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 no. Come with Have me. Seen, I got a whole closet. Got your Yeezys on. <laughs> Have you seen the yeah. show Ghosts? Either the BBC one I've or I've seen the... only a little bit of it. Okay. I like to imagine that ghosts are like just from all different eras, like buddying up together, concocting plans and have their own drama. Totally. 
I feel like they're like, we have a look here. You got to wear a white dress. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If you got anything with lace, that's perfect. (laughs) A veil, perhaps. Yeah. Is there any place that you, based on what you've heard about it or know about it, that you would not go to? Or are you open to testing it all out? Um, I don't know. (laughs) Because my thing with like demons, for example, is that I don't, I guess all I'll say about that is that I think that it's way more rare than the media would lead us to believe. But I think, and maybe it's the Catholic in me or what, I I don't want to find out. So these places that people really believe are just like demon, demon, demon. I don't know. I have assembled a roster of exorcists and demonologists and I got I've got all kinds of people like that in my phone and I feel comfortable if I'm with them or something like that but I'm not going in there on my own and I don't know there's that and then there's also like some places I don't want to go because like it doesn't look cute there like the town looks <laughs> like I would have to spend time in that town or right. it's like three hours away from the nearest airport or there's yeah. no bathrooms yeah. in there. Like, I don't want to do any of that. Yeah. Right. Because most of the time when I go ghost hunting, I wear heels and I don't want to have to worry about falling through the floor. You would fit perfectly in the GBI. Ooh! <laughs> Just because it's ghost hunting does not mean you don't need to look cute. Yeah, I agree. Honestly, not to say that I... I give you to the ghost first draws, but I feel like I'd feel more comfortable ghost hunting with you knowing that I'd be in sneakers and you're in heels because if something happens, I might be able to outrun you. <laughs> Maybe not though. Maybe you're like the most skilled person in heels, but if I were in heels, I certainly would be eaten first. No, I'd take them off and I'd throw them behind me. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and then they flow through the air, get chucked back at you. One of my flexes is that I'm an excellent runner in heels. Really? Yes. I th- like I'm so good at it. I usually go pretty chunky when I'm like ghost uh, ghost hunting. Chunky platform. That's a good idea. Something like that. But you, you know, don't want to get stuck in a crack with a little stiletto. Being cuz I am a scaredy cat, you know, again of this stuff that is unknown and stuff that I can't see. I mean, the thought of and I have such a problem with the consent of ghosts. I think that the whole thing is a little iffy when it comes to consent. I mean, just popping up, touching someone, scratching, talking in someone's ear. It's like it's a little it's a little much. And I don't like feeling that um, from anyone living or dead. But I had a moment not that long ago where I I kind of it was like a breakthrough for me where I realized I'm alive and they're not. I have respect for them, but I, you know, you're suppo- we're supposed to coexist. It's just like if we're in a public place or, or, or if it's in a house, you know, it's just like if you have roommates, you have to learn how to coexist and be respectful of each other. And if you don't, I was dealing with a ghost that was not being respectful And I stood up to this ghost and I started yelling at this ghost, borderline threatening this ghost. I mean, I don't know. Again, maybe it's the way I was raised or what, but I had to be like, listen, I got a bunch of stuff. I could burn this. Your ass is out of here. I could say this thing right here. You're out of here. When and where was this? Or is this part of your project? I'll never tell you. (laughs) You You'll tell us when it comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was just like, 
you get to be a ghost. And this was a very cool place that this ghost got to be a ghost at. An amazing place. And I'm like, think about this. If you want to be a ghost here, because you can, if you want to leave, we can figure out a way to get you out of here. No, you don't. And and I was having a full-on conversation with this thing through a device that was lighting up, you know, in a way that's pretty undebunkable. And I was like, well, if you want to stay here, you have to be nice. You can't, you're making it hard for people that are here. And I'm like, are you going to agree? Because I'm not even kidding you. At this point, I'm going to get your ass out of here. I'm gonna, You're going to get <laughs> kicked out. I'm the bouncer. I have been I love that. asked to come here by the living people that operate this place. We're talking money that gets made. Like, this is a business, okay? You got to shape up. I'm sorry. You know, I have respect. I have respect, you know, but... But you have to respect me. It's got to go both ways. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, I it was, but it was a breakthrough for me because I was like, yeah, we have power. I'm not going to get bullied by someone I can't even see. That's like someone on the internet, some troll. I'm not, yeah, no. Similar. Just because you are going to be mean. Where's your profile picture, bitch? That's how I feel <laughs> to these ghosts. Show me your face. Oh, yeah. you can't? Okay. Well, then shut up, bitch. <laughs> okay, Roz, we have to to kind of conclude, we have two things. One, you've been to a lot of places, um, haunted and not haunted. So if you were to become a ghost one day in the future, where is there a place you would like to haunt? And then to conclude, we have a couple of EVPs because you played some for us. We have some to play for you. Fun. Um, I think I would probably want to haunt a um, theater because mm. um, I'm a stand-up comedian. I love performing in theaters. I love just theater in general. I love the theatrics of it. I would love to see a show for free all the time. Um, I just think that that sounds like the most fun place for me. That's sort of a happy place for me. Um, I don't know if I can think of one specifically i mean there is one in la that i work at a lot that i love but i think I, if it was just a theater where there was good stuff happening i would be i'd be so happy i love that and i feel like that fits theaters should be haunted so right. yeah they all should be absolutely and usually by a woman in white that they yep. they yes. love and i would love to be the woman in white i Same. that would be an honor that's a role i was yeah. born to play us too all right, Corinne, you, you have the EVPs. Okay, Roz, we want to play for you. So back in April, we did a couple shows, live shows. And one of the things we did during these live shows was present some of the EVPs that people have heard and pointed out to us on our podcast. Okay. And so I want to play a couple for you and see what you think. If you think it's paranormal... We'll try to debunk it. We'll try to figure out what exactly is going on here. But these are two that Sabrina and I were like, we have no idea what is going on. Okay. It's time for EVPs or EV police. Two girls, <laughs> one ghost edition. Woo. All righty. The first one is from an episode from 2018. 
Oh, simpler time. That's what, Jeopardy? Oh my god, but would that be torture, though? What if it was just one song on repeat? Over and over. Well, then that's hell. Then you know. Then you know. Who was that? Did you hear it? What did it sound like? Whoever was not talking burped. Do it again. I thought it sounded like hello, but let's listen. Okay, we'll play as much of it. And over. Well, then that's hell. Then you know. Then you. It does sound. It sound. First of all, he sounds hot. Hello. It's deep. Hello. 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 Okay. And then for our second EVP, and then we can discuss them. Okay. Here's another one. This is from two years later. If any dog can do it, I believe wrinkles can. Oh my gosh, this could be a wrinkles. That was him again. Right? Two years later. This is exactly what we were saying. This is why we pulled these, because we were going through so many EVPs that people have heard. And these two, we were like, this is the same person. Two years apart. We're not in the same apartments that we previously lived in in 2018. No one was home. We're recording these. Like, we have no idea. I want him to talk to us. He's you. Yeah. If I mean, it seems us. like he shows himself every two years. So if the first one was 2018, the second one was 2020, 2021-ish, I think we're about due for another appearance. We're due, Daddy. Where are you? Okay, so you... So do you think this is a authentic EVP? I mean, the thing I always say with EVPs, I don't always know the, like, explanation or whatever, because, you know, I find EVPs on YouTube or TikTok primarily. And sometimes it's like, it's really hard to tell what they're saying. And again, it's unknown. Nobody would ever know officially what they're saying. Right. But I think um, regardless, if you just heard something like that, that is unusual. It That is something. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is. That sounded very up close to whatever you guys were recording, you know, or, you know, it's like, is it some kind of interference? I know for being a podcaster, I know nothing about recording. I've always had people help me and I'm very grateful for that. But I don't know if there's a way that channels get crossed through however. I don't know what I don't know any of that. Either way, I like it. (laughs) Us too. (laughs) And and I mean, aside from a couple of things that have been a little bit scary while we're recording the podcast, we haven't had anything negative really happen, knock on wood. But like, we like to imagine that it's the ghost of two girls, one ghost, and he's just taking up what should be his airtime or their airtime, whatever, you know, they're part of the title, whoever it is. Are you guys a fan of like thought forms or aggregores or do you know that that type of thinking? No. no. There's like a couple of different terms and a couple of different things that are sort of similar to this idea and different cultures and whatever. But essentially that you can just manifest a ghost by sort of just talking about something. And there's been some well-documented experience, uh, experiments of just like, let's create a ghost. Let's write down their name. Let's write down their biography. And let's sort of meditate on it and try to get, you know, this object to move or this Ouija board or whatever and creating a ghost. And I think that a lot of times, like urban legends are that. Um, 
when when you see a a woman in white walking down the street and then disappears, but there's no record of anybody that that could be like, could it just have manifested out of from people this idea of people constantly projecting that it could be? It almost goes along with like the secret or something like manifesting and um, you know bringing thoughts into existence. And I think that particularly conjuring and creating, yeah. Particularly with like a podcast where tons of people are listening and sort of creating this energy of a ghost. And I don't know. I think it's possible that stuff can just sort of pop up out of nowhere. And is it rooted to a human or is it just like some kind of other thing that we don't understand? I'm just obsessed with that idea. I love that so much. But then it leads me into this whole like conspiracy thought of we're living in a simulation. Like we are a video game and we're just creating little like Sims. We're coding from the inside. Yeah. We're the computers. Yeah. I don't think I can handle this train of thought right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fun. And I, it it's how fun. I just explain a lot of, of things. They're like cases that I've investigated. There's just been a number of times where I'm like, maybe that's just what it is. Like, some places are just so many years, people just believe that there's something there, but you just can't really put, you know, I just think that we have this idea that ghosts are the result of a death or something historical that happened or whatever. And I love to entertain the idea that it's like not just that. That's one thing that it could be, but there's so many other things it could be. Yeah, I agree. The The one thing we do know is that we'll never have 100% clarity and answers of what the paranormal is, but we all believe that there is something beyond. I hope not. Like, I hope we yeah. don't. Like, even when these UFO hearings are happening, I'm like, I don't want to know. That's not because then it's just like, first of all, then I would feel offensive for all the things I have that have pictures of aliens on them, all these clothes I have with alien. Like, that feels <laughs> offensive. And yeah. I just, I would like to. Think of these as like these creatures that we don't know much about. I don't want to know. Don't tell me. Well, and also there's probably so many different species of aliens. Like even if we were to say like, oh, we know there's one species. We can't make a blanket statement. Of, yeah, exactly. There's. Can, can you the imagine if they came endless? down here, they would be like, you guys think we do what? Are you? <laughs> this is so racist, honestly. You guys yeah. just giant and, green bulbous heads and probing. That's, that's what you think we all look reputation. like. Right. Wow. Stereotyping. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Roz, thank you so much for joining us. We had so much fun on your show and Yay! also having you over here. We can't wait to hear what the heck this project is and watch <sighs> it and learn more and know everything that you did. Yeah. Do you want to take a moment to plug your show and anything that you can share about your project so that people can be on the lookout? Yes. Thank you. So if you're a fan of the paranormal and you're a fan of me, there's a lot of exciting things um, coming at you. So the best way to hear about that stuff is to follow me on Instagram at Roz Hernandez. And um, to listen to the podcast, Ghosted by Roz Hernandez, I talk to celebrities and comedians and all kinds of people that I like about the paranormal every Monday. And um, I wish I could share everything at this very moment <laughs> in history. But this fall, you will 
you there there's there's fun stuff for you to enjoy. I pinky swear. I can't Perfectly wait. timed for spooky season. So oh, we'll yeah. be on the lookout. Yeah. 100%. Thank you guys for having me. I'm so Thank happy you, we Ross. did this. Us this too. was so amazing. Yeah, and I want um all your listeners to go listen to when you guys were on because we had so much fun together. We did. And we will see, see you on the other side. side. That might have been the best one yet. <laughs>